You're now tuned in to the cold hard truth. Cayman's number one hard-hitting live podcast show, where we feature some straightforward conversations on political, social, and celebrity news, and all things happening in the Cayman Islands and around the world. This show was created to give the people a voice and a means of being involved and informed without any filters. Sometimes it gets crazy, but we always keep it real. We bring you the tea. Piping hot, so grab your favorite beverage and join the conversation via WhatsApp at 324-1612. Email tips at caymanmorrowroad.com. Now, here's your host, Sandy Hill, broadcasting live from the beautiful Cayman Islands.
Good morning, good morning, Cayman. Happy Monday. It is February the 15th. That means that it's the middle of the month. Um, lots of people are waiting on government to get their act together. The tourism workers in particular are waiting on their stipend payments and they're kind of wondering, is it gonna be late again today, this month? Because uh, historically, practically every month it's late. Um, we shall see, we don't know, was the response that we had to give concerned persons this morning. However, we're hoping that it, that it isn't. And naturally, we're also hoping that uh, the elected officials have not forgotten about this, you know, before they decided to dissolve parliament. So we are expecting um, none other than the leader of the opposition this morning, um, Mr. Arden McLean, V. Arden McLean, and he should be here any moment now. So in the interim, let us go ahead and kick off the conversation and see how everyone is doing. Um, now I have to tell you guys, um, please, if you, uh, were, if you were on our um, news list and somehow, um, I gotta tell you, we had a little bit of a tech glitch over the weekend and lost we didn't lose the actual contacts, but what we lost was the list. So I think some of you know this already um, in that with WhatsApp, we can create these broadcast lists. Now, the benefit of a list versus a group, give you guys a little bit of a tech tip this morning, is that um, I don't actually have to um, show other people who are in a broadcast list. So, you know, a group, everybody sees who's in the group. You know, you send out notifications, everybody sees it. And then if somebody comments, they likewise see uh, who is in the group. So the good news is um, that doesn't happen. And um, so that's why I prefer to use a list, especially for news stuff, because sometimes we'll send out a news story and then someone wants to reply right away with a tip or additional information or comments and so on, and they wish to remain anonymous. So the good news is um, I was able to retrieve, I think a good portion of the list just manually going through my contacts list and putting the group back together. <clears throat> However, if you were on the list and you didn't get any messages from me last evening, please message me and I will re-add you. So, I switching phones and, you know, technology, these things happen. The entire list, despite my best efforts to back it up on WhatsApp, disappeared. So good morning to um, Irvalyn. Good morning to Nilas. Good morning, Larry. Larry's joining us from New York. Larry, I was just watching CNN. And interestingly enough, I see that they might be looking at trying to impeach um, Governor Cuomo. I mean, this is just a hot mess coming out of New York this morning. But evidently there are concerns that Como has been and his team have been underreporting COVID deaths in nursing homes. So they've known about nursing home deaths that happened at the facility and they've purposely been underreporting that information and withholding that information from the official agency in New York that's responsible for the deaths by some 50% which means 50% more people, the elderly, have died in nursing homes as a result of COVID-19 than New Yorkers suspect. So this is a big story right now, folks, breaking out of New York. 
Um, so much so that people are calling for Cuomo to be impeached or to be removed from office. So we'll certainly keep an eye on that situation. So good morning to Louis. Louis is reminding us that it is 12 degrees Fahrenheit, expecting it um, to expecting six inches of snow today, in addition to the four inches that already fell. Wow. Barbara, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Melita and Gina. Um, Odette is here. Um, Melita giving her greetings. Hi, Barbara says, uh, are you drinking water this morning or coffee? Me, I'm drinking water. And in fact, I've, I'm taking some antibiotics. I'm glad you noticed, Barbara, because I actually have to um, eat before I take these antibiotics. And you guys know I don't normally eat in the morning, uh, the occasional fruit. But um, I've got a half a bagel here that I'm going to have to eat to quickly take this medication. So if you see me turn off my camera, that's what I'm doing, folks. I'm just <laughs> letting you know. So Ashlyn, good morning. She's joining us from Honduras. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Melita says, Sandy, you look so fresh. You must have had some good rest of Valentine's Day. Not really. Um, I wish I had, honey child, but not really. Um, but, you know, yeah, fresh for Monday morning. Why not? Why not? Um, Louis is ready for the cold hard truth. Thank you guys so much. Lizette is here. Good morning, Miss Butila. Over 113 of you already logged in. Miss Romelia had a birthday this weekend. So big birthday shout out to uh, Miss Romelia. She shares a birthday on Valentine's Day. Can you guys believe it? Of all the days to be born. Um, but that's good. She gets a double whammy if you are Romelia's friend, family, whatever, think of it this way. You only have to take her out to dinner once for birthday and Valentine's Day. So that's perfect. Cece is here, of course. Good morning, Jake. Good morning, Ravina. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, Ervalyn is here, of course. Um, Helody says, good morning from the East. Good morning, my friend. And Larry says, tea and pad is. Is that what you're having? <laughs> tea and pad is. People love a pad and a Pepsi. That's like a thing. Um, so just for full disclosure this morning, good morning to Ms. Morna. Wanted to update you guys in a few quick things, and then we're going to bring Mr. Arden into the conversation. So on Friday, we had a message from, um, oh gosh, what is her name again? Um, mm, I can't even remember. I'm sorry. Um, I cannot remember her name, but we had a message from uh, Michael Miles's wife. I'm, I'm apologizing to her because I cannot remember her first name now. But she did comment and she was asking um, a question about, you know, our guests. And um, her question was something along the lines of, oh, you know, for full transparency, can we figure out and ask who's a paid guest? I want to, we've had this conversation before, but I want to make it very, very clear that this is in the height of election season. It's been fast forwarded by, you know, some six weeks now. And as a result of that um, expedition, a lot of the candidates, you'll be seeing a lot more of them. They want to come on more. They want to be in a position to tell you where they stand and a number of different issues. For weeks now, I've been telling you guys that at this point, um, guests that come at our program, political guests in particular, are utilizing our um, pay to play model, 
What that means is when these individuals have declared themselves for political office, we have sent each and every one of them, including this young lady's husband, uh, Michael Miles. He actually got his back in September because as you guys will recall, Michael was one of the first um, early persons to have declared. And we send them information about what services CMR offers. We offer a number of services, believe it or not, <clears throat> that candidates can avail themselves of. And so I guess she missed her discussions on this. Um, but I just want to stress it again for, as she said, complete transparency. Um, it happens across the board. You know, if you're going to go on Cayman Crosstalk, you're going to pay some ridiculous amount of time for 30 minutes of their time. Um, same thing with the Compass. The Compass does everything from writing your speeches to printing material to all sorts of stuff. So there are a lot of services uh, that are available to candidates through local media, because oftentimes local media offers what we call, you know, sort of ancillary services to individuals, companies, businesses, and so on. So yes, uh, the persons that you see on the program are oftentimes at this particular stage, especially if they're a candidate. Now that does not apply to Mr. Arden this morning. Uh, they are paying guests to come on the program. So Mr. Arden is joining us this morning as leader of the opposition because we need to discuss this really important topic of um, you know, what has transpired with the early election being called. And this is an, an issue of national importance. Anyone can avail themselves. All they have to do is contact us at sales at cumanmallroad.com and they can avail themselves of the same services that everybody else has. So this concept, and I've had another candidate say this to me, oh, well, I can't afford any sort of marketing or media or anything like that then you have to use what you have to use. I mean, whatever you have available, a lot of these um, candidates have their own personal uh, Facebook accounts and they have maybe hundreds or thousands of people that they can reach that way. Um, they would have to use those, those methods. Yesterday, I think it was yesterday over the weekend, Johan Moxham did an editorial piece and a lot of persons were questioning that editorial. That was a strict editorial. He actually did not pay for that, by the way. Um, he just submitted it and we published it on his behalf so people can still publish editorials. Um, and it, you know, some people said, well, you know, now these individuals are publishing and saying stuff because they want to vote. Someone else said, that's such a peculiar thing to say about political candidates. Of course they want your vote. And how else would they get it if they're not putting themselves out there and talking about their position, talking about their opinions, talking about where they stand on a number of different issues? Now, some people are of the opinion that it only gets done uh, during election time. That is for you as a candidate to decide upon and um, for you to work through in your head whether you think someone is actually genuine or not. But having said that, if someone has been doing the things that they do for quite some time and um, you think that they're only politically posturing and there's nothing more to it, there's no substance there, then that's completely on you as the voter. You have to assess that. But tell me what candidate or, you know, just even persons involved in the, in the um, community does not actually start telling you what their opinion is you know, where they stand on different issues. Of course, they're all going to do it, hopefully, um, with some degree of passion so that you can get to know them. There's really no other way. So it's bizarre when people say that, oh, they're just doing this in order to get votes. If they didn't do it, 
then you'd be saying that they're not doing anything. Where have they been for the past four years, which is what I'm saying about a lot of them. So you can't have it both ways, folks. They're either involved in the community and they're doing things and you will have to make the assessment whether they are worth your vote or not, if they're actually being genuine. And if you don't believe that they are, then you know that's a whole different situation. But they do have to put themselves out there. They do have to come on various platforms. And I must say that this particular year, um, a lot of them are of the opinion that the platform to reach you, the voters, is definitely Cayman Mall Road. So good morning to Kathy, Debbie, Miss Bonnie's here. Um, coming live out of East End, beautiful. Um, hi, Cecile, thank you so much. She says, it's been a while, but still tuning in as always. Beautiful. Uh, let's see. We got Felicia here, Kathy, Miss Julie, Miss Darlene joining us from the UK. Uh, Neilis reminds us that nothing in life is free. Your team is valuable. So there must be a charge, especially because the politicians lie so much. <laughs> it's best they pay to advertise their lies because it's a service you're rendering to the community. That's a good, that's a good one, Neilis. I got to tell you. Um, that, that's super funny. So Tracy, thank you for joining us this morning. Jason says they are paving roads that don't need paving. Ah, I tell you what. And the, the sad part is um, the roads that, um, you know, they should um, be paving are still not getting paved. And there are people who've literally been driving on bumpy roads forever and still can't get them paid paved. Um, so yeah, Ugh, unbelievable. Uh, thank you, Neilis, for recognizing that CMR does run a business. I know, I know, and I've always said this to you guys from day one, thankfully, we have been able to do things without being tied to the almighty dollar. Because as I've said, from the onset, this has been my passion, not a paycheck. But at some point, you do know that we expend, we have expenses. So hosting of services, hosting of website, even bringing you this show is not free. There are associated costs with what you see on the program. Equipment, we spent a lot of money on equipment, folks, from mics, all sorts of stuff. You'd be really, really surprised. Um, we have staff. So we have a web IT guy. We've got you know other writers on board. And so whilst we're not paying them like humongous amounts of money, they do get paid. And uh, yeah, that costs money. So we have expenses that we would love to be able to cover as well. And then I sit back and I think everybody else is charging. Why would Cayman Mall Road be an exception to the rule? Come on, folks. So um, Mrs. Miles said that she was asking it in her own right. It did raise a lot of eyebrows, I must tell you. A lot of people did message me and they were very, very suspect about her comment only because, again, she is being judged by the fact that her husband is a political candidate. And uh, that's how it works, folks. I mean, you're related to a politician. The closer you are um, in terms of relation, the more likely people are to question your motives and when you say certain things. So she's saying that, oh, I'm a citizen in my own right. Okay, fair enough. Um, but at the end of the day, we can't just objectively sit down and say, well, you're a citizen in your own right, but you live with a candidate. And so perhaps your opinions, even as a citizen in your own right, are um, somehow shaped by that relationship. And it's just what it is. So Ricky says, good morning, Sandra. You got the first scoop in the early elections. Yes, honey child. If you remember last week, Wednesday, before the announcement came down, we were talking about it on the morning show. 
because we were getting questions because here's the thing that I have since discovered the evening before this is what I'm told on the mall road. So I'm going to sell it to you as cheaply as I got it. The evening before there were discussions being heard from the speaker of the house. So he knew what was going down naturally. Alden was keeping him in the loop about what was going on. And he was already telling people at that point that it was a done deal. So what a hot mess. Mm-hmm. McEva Bush knew what was happening. Uh, Luis, good morning and thank you so much. Uh, we've got Neela saying, Jason, government making preparations for the booming tourism business to come. Lord have mercy. Um, Barbara says she's crazy. Business is business and it is business. So let's get to the business of Paula tricking folks. Um, there's so much that's going on. We've got Arden here. I think he's just turned off his camera and mic. So we're going to give him a minute to rejoin us. But, um, you know, there's just so much that's going on right now in the world of politics. And I appreciate that it is very, very difficult to keep up. In fact, on Friday, uh, the speaker was on the talk, the morning talk show. We're going to talk about that later in the day after a guest has left. But he had the most to say. He took up some probably 20 minutes of uh, their time. And I thought it was very, very interesting um, what he had to say. And as usual, taking no accountability for his actions. And we're going to talk about some of that a little bit later on because we have proof. We have proof, folks, that the speaker's a liar on more than one front. And I don't say that with any degree of disrespect. I just say that because it's a cold, hard truth. So, Mr. Speaker, Mr. Bush, with all due respect, you're not being very honest about some of the things that you're saying, in particular to this assault on um, this woman who was almost your employer, your employee, so by extension, right? Your son owned the business. All right, folks, let's see if Mr. Arden is ready for us. Mr. Arden, are you ready? Your mic is still muted. Your camera's off. Jump into the conversation, folks, if you are interested. Um, remember that you can call in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a Cola Truth News Podcast. Come here quick talk on the live broadcast. Come here quick talk on the live broadcast. It's a Cayman number one live talk show. Come here quick talk where you're going on the news. All right, folks, welcome back. Uh, Mr. Arden, good morning. How are you? Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for joining us bright and early this morning. We appreciate it. You're welcome, and it's always nice to get out to the people with whichever way you that has to be done. Um, okay. I I noted with interest your your preamble there for a while about paying and and yeah. not paying <laughs> and, and and whether people come out of the woodworks now. Um, mm. Well, that's what politics is about, eh? People absolutely get their word out and get their their positions out, like you said. Um, and what the public should know is that this is the time that politicians or potential candidates have to pay more than most and mm. most times to get their words yes. out. But um, you. I'm sure you're aware that the 
the election law makes provisions for 35,000 only. So after election nomination day, which is now the first, um, we will only be able to spend 35,000 as an individual. But when you're collectively in a party, it's 30,000 members of a yeah, party. I, I, 30, thought the, um, I thought the um, elections, um, what's his name, Mr. Wesley, I thought he said it's been increased to 40,000 or was that my imagination? I think there might well, have been Mr. a Wesley Mr. Mr. Wesley can't do that. <laughs> that is that is the remit of the people that are elected, and we are no longer elected to, as of yesterday. Right. So, so I want to talk about some of those. Um, I want to talk about some of those provisions because they do get a little bit interesting. But that's right, Mr. Arden makes a good point. Um, there is an election spend cap that is in the elections law. So if you're a candidate. Come March the 1st, that is when they start counting uh, how much you're spending and you have to be accountable for that. Make sure that you keep all of your receipts, folks. Um, otherwise, Mr. Wesley said that they would be auditing uh, persons and you could potentially um, have to answer to an auditor if you do not keep track of your receipts. So all very, very interesting stuff. Uh, one of the things I find peculiar is some of these candidates have had the opportunity to participate, you know, come in programs previously and they don't take advantage of it even when it's free, <laughs> you know, and then when it's crunch time, they all wait to the last minute. Now, Arden, you've been at this game a long time, so I'm sure that, you know, you're well aware of the importance of getting the message out there, uh, whether you're an incumbent or you've been someone who has just thrown your hat in the ring. Why do you think wannabe politicians, um, or even in the case of this government, this unity government, a lot of them shy away from having access to direct access to the people. They seem to be afraid of the people at some level. Well, whilst I cannot specifically speak to any individual, mm -hmm. um, I know people are afraid to answer tough questions. Mm. People just shy away from that. Um, I don't, but when it's convenient, when it's convenient for me, I try to to reach out to the people through whatever means that is available. And I I believe that the key in politics is people want to hear from you, mm -hmm. whether you're right or wrong in your decisions. People want to hear from you. And if I believe that if you have done those based on principles, mm -hmm. then you that's what this is about. You yeah. know, you have to you have to be prepared to stand and 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 make your decision and make them based on principles and the best interests of this country. And and look every human being in the eye and say, I did it based on the information that was available to me. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I believe we need to, I, one of the things I've always wanted to do in this country, Sandra, is, and this is from time I got in, mm -hmm. I, I learned, I learned, and I, I must say in the, in, in full disclosure, Mm. I learned that from a friend of mine in the East Caribbean, um, Douglas, who was Prime Minister of St. Kitts. Mm -hmm. Every three months, 
he would go out with a program and go to hear a constituency and sit all his members on his cabinet members on on the platform and and he would allow people to ask him questions if he didn't have the answers to it someone was recording it and they would get back to them and i believe that is 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 necessary mm-hmm. um i i you know this is besides each individual going to their own constituents and reporting but i believe that is necessary especially in our environment where you remember the dark you remember mm. the sound thing you remember the same sex marriage though all right. those things should have been done in that manner yes um and that's that's what i stand for when when we were government i tried doing that mm-hmm. and when i was a part of the ppm and in government that is um but they refused they, mm-hmm. they they didn't think it was necessary they have since gone on with that same way of operating they think that they know best what the people need well i don't mm-hmm. know i you know at one time sandra some of you may be a little too young but mm-hmm. this culture was run from out by red spot where the politicians would go and sit down and talk talk and when i say run from there you know i use inverted commas right um <clears throat> apologies where the politicians were out there and heard from the people sitting on that and on, on that wall many may not know but that wall used to be filled with men in the morning and women um and mm-hmm. and that's where that's where politicians would get the to find out what the people were saying well thank you so much for that because um i've never seen a bunch in this unity government who appears to be afraid of talking yeah. to people uh, so much so that um oftentimes even during prep briefings they're refusing to answer media questions but i thank you very much for coming on board um i see neilas was questioning what was the 35 or not neilas it was somebody else sorry was questioning um Yes, Neela said what was the $35,000 for? So, um just to be clear, Elray and Neela, that 35,000 is actually your entire spend budget. Um so in other words, it not is just for advertising, but it includes anything that you spend on campaigning, whether it's meeting, printing materials, anything. So that is your budget. Um and it really is designed, I think Mr. Arden will agree, to try to put some degree of um cap on in hopefully creating a bit of equality on what people can spend because as you can appreciate there are people who have the financial backing to spend a lot of money and then others who don't necessarily have that and you would create a situation where um perhaps some candidates would be disenfranchised if he didn't put some limits on it Having said that, $35,000, $40,000 is not a whole lot of money in the Cayman Islands. Let's be honest um about that as well. So we have Thomas Famous who's an MP joining us from Bermuda. Thomas, uh thank you so much for tuning in. Uh we have Johan who is here uh who talks about the value of your vote. Um Neilas um says hungry people unemployed and homeless that will always be the case, my dear. And Johan says take their gifts plus money. and shallow promises and then use you is what he thinks a lot of politicians do. 
Um, El Rey says, yes, it is their personal money. So although having said that, Mr. Harden, it's a bit of an interesting situation because technically if you are in the government, there are things that you're able to do as with this unity government where you can spend the people's money and self-promoting yourself um, under the guise of, you know, we're the government. So yes, we can pave the roads and everybody sees roads and prospect now getting paved. They might be thinking, Ooh, Alden actually cares about these potholes that we've had to live with for four years, but that isn't Alden's money. That's paving that road. That's NRA's budget. And uh, he's simply making a call to NRA and saying, Hey, how about paving this road now weeks before an election? Because it makes me look good. I mean, he mightn't come out and say all that, but you know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, you know, the government always has a little bit of an upper hand. Now let's well, get, yes, yeah, sorry. Well, that is a, a, a problem that we have suffered throughout all countries. They sit down, they, they don't pay attention. Politicians don't pay attention to, men are, men are politicians, don't pay attention to what needs to, the needs, the needs of the people, such as good roads, um, social and whatnot. And it's the government who holds the purse string. And I'm talking particularly about the, a government now. Um, I have requested the roads up High Rock in East End to be paved for years. But they refuse to do it. They refuse to work on it. Um, how that comes about, I'm not here to accuse anyone how it's done. But um, they, 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 they have not done that. Yet my people in East End, my constituents, are running over this rough road. And then they will go into Georgetown, where they control. Remember, they have six seats out of the seven. And, and they pave every road, roads that uh, are not needed. And it's all about visibility eh? um, when you're coming up to the election. Take, for instance, when I was Minister for Works, the people of East End, Northside and Bodentown, they were gridlocked. Sandra, if most people will remember, because it's mm -hmm. 2005 now. <laughs> that's a while ago. That's 15 years ago, 16 right. years ago. And they were gridlock. But which was worse? It was the West Bay people and the West Bay Beach. And that's where our commerce was, was, was concentrated. What did I do? I went to West Bay and built that bypass first. Yes, I know... First of all, you need to make a decision on what is most important for the country. I built that West Bay Bypass first down to in the suites, remember? And then I went to East End and relieved them by putting the East-West Arterial in and other, other roads. But, but you have to make a decision on what is priority. But when you make your priority you or the special interest, then you are going to leave your people behind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and unfortunately we see a lot of that. Um, we have Albert making the point. He says, um, I just wish that they'd fix the roads in Savannah Meadows more patched than road. <laughs> um, and we saw there was a portion of Walker's Road that recently got redone. And I'm not sure why that particular road was a priority, but there you have it. So Johan again is stressing all the stuff that was in his 
um, editorial piece of the weekend. So folks are able to go and read that. Uh, Bonnie says it's not fair. Isen got nothing in the past four years. Um, what do you feel about that comment? Because obviously, um, well, are you the MP? Well, that's not that's not entirely so, mm -hmm. and I will I will show that in in the upcoming campaign. Mm -hmm. That's what they say. Yesterday, let me say I went and took I did a photo shoot in East Stand, and there were fourteen projects that I have gotten completed this time, and that is not by by virtue of of the the government um insisting it by it is by virtue of me making compromises and the art of compromise which is politics um there were some that i i couldn't get done that i asked for like up at the football field i wanted that it was budgeted but they decide they decide which one they want you know and and uh, to do but um all the record of 10 sales that I, I did, mind you, much of it, I I personally did, but 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 sure sure they um some people will say that nothing was done, but there are things that is done to to enhance the lives of people that most people don't even realize it has happened. Mm -hmm. I mean we bought um, for instance, I through me and, and recommendations to the Minister for Education and Lands, we 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 bought four pieces of beach land in East End alone, which is to enhance the lives of people. But many many people do, do not know it, um, um, like the blowhole site. What is more important in this country? But in particular, in East End, located in East End, to buy then the blowhole sites site that was not owned by government, you know. Um, and those are the things that I have been working on, like like the lights in, in Gun Bay, um, the maintenance of the government facilities. That is what we we are we are supposed to do. Um, of course. It is heavily dependent upon the civil servants, but when we go to 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 um, finance committee and these things are budgeted for, we have to follow up on them and ensure they get put in place. Um, so um, I would I would challenge anyone to to show me how many politicians would follow up, and I'm talking about those in government and and on their backbench. And get the job done, and and you know if 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 we don't concentrate on those things, we we were elected by the people, you know. Mm -hmm. We were elected by the people, and we made promises to the people. And I'm not telling you that all of those promises, Sandra, will be met because once you get in there, the priorities for the government or otherwise changes, and it may be delayed. But that doesn't say that the people still do not need them. So you have to constantly be reminding and trying to, to get these things done. And if they go into another four years, then um, the and and the persons are elected, maybe the other ones who, who are elected has different priorities, but they too fall into that same, same category then once they're elected that they need to 
they need to 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 fight for those things that's what you put in your manifesto mm -hmm. yes well um miss Romelia is asking about roads in her district uh she's there in georgetown south um oak mill <clears throat> she's wondering you know when they might get some roads paved one of the interesting things about road works now arden you were minister of um well that would have fallen under you road works at some point and um, why, why do you think they do so much patching of roads? Why not just properly fix them? Like they patch them, the next heavy rainfall comes and it pulls up the patching. I mean, it just seems to me like you're putting a Band-Aid and we're going to talk about the big Band-Aid that's on this whole fiasco of a situation with McKeever Bush. But when you put a Band-Aid on any sort of a situation, whether it's a physical road or, um, you know, other issues, it doesn't really resolve the underlying problem. Sometimes you've got to do a proper repaving job. Well, Sandra, let me see. Um, different governments, different ministers have different priorities. When I went there, um, you, most of the country will remember, including yourself, we were at that point where roads had not been properly done for a very long time and we were coming up on this gridlock albeit not as bad as it is it was recently um and it still is um so i had a priority to, to alleviate some of, of of that traffic problem um and i went about doing that and during that process i developed a policy um I develop a policy that as to which roads would be paved and how they would be paved. That is the final, well, the final surface of that road. Um, since I'm, and, and, and that was asphalt for mean arterials and, and, and subsidiary roads. Um, because that is going to give you 10 to 15 years, depending on sometimes maybe 25 years. Um, because it's, I agree with you, it is, it is a band-aid when you go and, and patch these roads, um, when you can do asphalt, a little more expensive, of course, but then with the patching a road is penny-wise and pound-foolish. So if you spend that extra money and then you don't have to go back in there for 15 years, you tell me which one, which one makes, makes more sense. Then the subsequently governments get in and they change, they obviously change that, that policy and they, they apply their own policy based on, based on ex, uh, the cost and there are a number of factors that, that are involved. Yeah, I agree that some of the subdivisions, the roads have not been made public and, and um, public roads, they're still in uh, private landowners, owner uh, name um, and those roads are difficult to for you to go in and and do uh, with public funds and the developers should be but we don't hold these developers accountable that is why there was also a policy that all subdivisions need to be done with asphalt um, finishes um, and 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 in recent times I'm not seeing that it, it is it is becoming more and more a burden on 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 people on the people's the the public purse 
because of course you get elected. And those people in that com uh, community, that subdivision voted for you. So who you think they're going to come to to get their road fixed? It's going to be you. Mm -hmm. And you're going to make an appeal to government. And then government has to go in and fix them at great expense. If they were, if they had been done at the, at the expense of the developer and asphalted, then they would last 15, 20 years and the people wouldn't be coming to you and their roads would be, would be, would have been properly done from the beginning and they would have had a good life out of those roads, but they didn't. And, and we need to hold them more accountable in that regard. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Um, El Ray wants to know uh, whether or not government owns the land on the seaside across from Shetty. I think um, Arden was just saying that um, during this last, go around this last tenure that they purchased uh, the blowholes. Now, I don't know how, how much of that was purchased. I'm surprised to hear that government didn't actually own that. <laughs> I mean, that's quite shocking. But um, El Rey also supports that maybe government shouldn't approve any development along that section of the road that would block the sea view. Well, mm. <laughs> um, we have a development plan and that's why it, it is part of that development plan is applicable to East End. On scenic coastline, you need to, you, you cannot build. Mm -hmm. And that is, that is designated, most of that up there is designated as scenic coastline. And, and, and then the other designation along the, what, the, the, the road up there, right there by Shad is scenic coastline. And by the blowhole is scenic coastline because it's too narrow to be to be built on so so and then the, the others like the beach resort and 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 whatnot you have to have 75 feet from the from the what fifth to 75 feet from from the, the 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 water's edge so i don't think we are going to have to worry about anyone building in front of shatter where i put that wall sandra yeah, yeah, that will never, that will never, ever happen in this lifetime. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, and there by the blowholes, um, that is like, I see some land is, is there for sale, but um, some of those properties there are fairly shallow. So it would be very small homes you could put on it because that's, that's how you unsure and, and, and the likes. But um, because when you have to come back seven to five feet from the water, then 50 to seven to five feet from the water, then it doesn't lend very well to that. Mm -hmm. Well, Mr. Arden, we have um, over 200 people tuned into the program this morning, and I bet they all want to hear a singular conversation, <laughs> although mm -hmm. a lot of them um, are coming and fielding questions about different things. Um, clearly, we need to have you on more often because they're very interested in what you have to say. But last week, we had a situation. It was really a culmination, I think, of a number of different things. But um, we'll, we'll backtrack and cover it so those who may not be entirely familiar with all that transpired can get caught up. But we have a situation where on Wednesday of last week, I think it was Wednesday, yes, yes. Uh, this unity government, in particular the premier, made the decision to request of the governor that... Um, Parliament be dissolved 
and an early election uh, be called. Now, to the best of my knowledge and understanding, this is the first time in the history of the Cayman Islands that this has ever been done. Is that your understanding as well? Yeah, I, um, that, uh, in our previous constitution, we didn't have that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 if you were to go and look at those discussions that we had, um, I I I weighed in on it. So did the now did the now speaker? Well, none of us are not one of us are members of parliament as of yesterday. So anyway, mm-hmm. that comes back to it, right? Um, um, we didn't have that. So uh, when we were updating the constitution. We tried to put something in there. Um, but now um, with that in there, it it is my view, it is my, uh, my experience that this is abusing the, the provision. Cowardly, may I say, um, abusing that provision. I should tell the people that when, Sandra, when I, I got an email from Wendy, mm-hmm. which was addressed to the Premier and Westland copied to the Governor and myself. This was around past 2.30 in the evening, and which was saying that she was hearing that, that there were we would be holding the early election. I did not even respond to it because I thought it was rumor. I really did, you know, and I can be honest with people. So I called some of my guys and I said, this is rubbish. Before 3.30, the governor asked me to call him through text. And then I, I, I called, didn't get him, and he called me back. And he said, I guess you know what, um, calling you about? I said, no, I don't know what you're calling me about. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You'll have to tell me. That's, mm-hmm. that's, if if you don't know what someone is calling you about, it's them who initiated the call. That That's the, the natural answer, right? Right. So he goes into this thing, said that the premier had consulted him and mm-hmm. he was notifying me before the advertisement come out that before the release came out that mm-hmm. it was a call for a new election for an early election right suffice it to say i was not pleased um and i i i said to him how are you doing this they i know the constitution makes provisions for it but there must be some reason why you will call an election and the responsibility you have is for good governance of this con- country too. Mm-hmm. You have that ultimate responsibility um, as the representative or majesty, and you have the power. What reasons has the premier given you mm-hmm. for calling an early election? Is, is it justified? Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, well, the premier would have to do that and tell the people why. And he had been legal advised that he had no 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 alternative but to mm-hmm. to go into this to um, to accept the the um, consultation and request from the premier, and and of course I told him 
I was of the view that that is not so. Mm -hmm. he, he has a responsibility for the good governance of this country. Now, you know, in, in, um, in the Jamaica Constitution, I think, um, it is five years. And um, it can be postponed, but that's the carrying the other way. If 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 we acts of war and and those kinds of stuff, but one year at a time, and and most constitutions are like that. Right. Let's talk. Let's talk about 2004 when Hurricane Ivan devastated this country. Mm -hmm. We were had already set a date for, con for the election in November. And when Sandra, when Hurricane Ivan hit us in early September, remember we did not even have like Tristan Town and, and the likes. Anyway, parliament was called because remember we were, we were, the house had already been dissolved now. Right. Okay. Well, yeah, no, the house was supposed to be dissolved in a matter of days or something. The house was recalled and we voted to postpone the election. Understand that's that's what happened. To me, we 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 started um we delayed it by six months. Now, you know, it is really unfortunate that in this country we have a narcissistic leader like Alden. Mm -hmm. I said in my press release that this is the kind of stuff that looks, that is more akin to despotic leadership that we have seen springing up all over the world. Um, are we going to accept this kind of stuff? Because there was no reason whatsoever to bring our, our election forward by six weeks. Unless, of course, Alden thought that it was a, would be a surprise for the rest of us and we wouldn't be able to, 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 to beat his unit to government, as he says, as he calls them. Sandra, I, I, I find it disappointing. Extremely disappointing was I. I may want to understand his political strategy um, and 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 see it. Um, I find this a, a a continuation of the behavior of this government ever since it was created. Try remember the the, the port. And the fight that Johan Moxham and, and the lady there, what's her name, Shirley, and, and, and the others had to put up. Because this draconian manner in which this government has operated throughout, throughout its tenure. But then it was no different in the first term that Alden had. From 2013 to 2017, it was the same thing. But I, the more we complained, the worse it got. Thankfully, in this last term, the people stepped up to the plate. 
and started making their own complaints. Now, I, as I said, I, I find it quite disappointing, not only in the in Al Alden, but in the governor as well, that he did not object to that, mm. that he acquiesced to it. There, there was there was no need for it. He said yeah. he would not go well. He said he was not going to have any more parliament, um, despite the constitution calling for one every calendar year, um, because he didn't have any more business. Well, I created business for him. We got our business too because we represent <laughs> uh, uh, um, people in this country as well. So. Um, we had some business, and I submitted it. Um, and I invited every member of parliament to sign that. Um, it requires seven. And I'm hearing this thing about it requires ten. Well, under normal circumstances, it would, um, Sandra, because the, the, you have to have a quorum, and the quorum is 50% plus one to affect any 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 um any business in, in parliament. Well, you know, because of our laziness, our lack of attention, it is seven. How is that? Well the standing orders when we were twelve, the standing orders was said that the majority of twelve is, is seven. So it required seven members to call the parliament. We have not changed the standing orders. That's why it's seven, you know, because right. it really should be reading 10. Mm. It really should be saying 10. But everybody had the opportunity to sign that, that, that request for that meeting. And we keep saying it's a special meeting, but it's not a special meeting. It's a meeting of parliament. Mm -hmm. Special meetings is in a different provision. That is where a house has been adjourned and for a time to be returned, then government can call a special meeting. That's a different standing order altogether. Right. But, <clears throat> but if it is true that they, there are members on the opposition who sign that request, that would not vote for it even if it came to the floor, according to the premier, mm -hmm. then I can also say that there are members of the government who has expressed an interest in it coming to the floor mm -hmm. in order that they can vote for, could vote for it also. Well, let me um, share. Um, it's interesting how you came to know officially um, about this uh, decision that the governor was, you know, agreeing to, basically acquiescing to. Because from that morning, we had heard, quite interestingly enough, that it was right in the middle of the show. As I got started that morning, someone messaged and said, what are you hearing about an early election? Now, you know, this is the mall road literally and figuratively. So we find that most news stories kind of start off um, on the mall road. You hear one person say it, and then there is a pattern to how these things work, believe it or not, where we will just sit back and oftentimes wait. And as it picks up traction, 
you begin to wonder, well, is this a viable situation? Could there be any truth to this? By, I would say, 11 o'clock that morning, this one-man horse that was like one little step was all of a sudden really trotting along and it became a little skip and a jump and it was beginning to really take off because I my phone was blowing up. I had business owners saying, listen, this is going down. And, you know, everybody in this community, are. I'm, I'm always um, a bit puzzled when people say, well, you know, the mall road, sometimes they say things that don't quite go so or um, things that are unconfirmed and blah, blah, blah. Is that not really the Caymanian way that we hear unofficially what's happening before official sources get around to even typing up a press release? And this was one of those situations where all of a sudden I had um, businessmen in this community who were engaging in this dialogue, who were messaging me, calling, WhatsApping saying, hey, I'm hearing that this is going down. And one thing that I have learned in my short time here at Cayman Mall Road, three and a half years now, is that when certain people start to get into the conversation, the likelihood of it being true is very high. So by probably midday, I was on the phone to a few people, um, you know, existing MPs saying, this rumor really has grown some legs in such a short space of time. I'm now concerned that it could be true because we'd heard it before that the premier had threatened uh, to use that word that, um, you know, if this matter, if his hand was forced, he would call an early election. And in my mind, I thought there's no way in the world that Alden could call an early election. I think mostly because it had never been done before. I couldn't fathom how it could be justified. Wow. Well, well, not only was it justified and done, um, by four o'clock that afternoon, we had absolute confirmation that it was a done deal. And that's when we put up our story that, hey, early election is called, this is a date. Once we had confirmation of the date and the source that it was coming from, we knew without a doubt at that particular time that, that this rumor uh, was true. Now the premier issued a press release, and this is for the benefit of our listeners, on Wednesday, now, this is a little bit strange. I'm just double checking the date on the email because I, I don't want to accuse the premier of doing something that he hasn't done. Um, so this press release came out of his office, the office of the premier. We, by the way, did not get it from them. So they have everybody else on the list but CMR. So they send out these official press releases and uh, for whatever reason, they don't think that the people need to hear it from us. So this was at, let me, give me one second here. I'm going to just pull up the exact time. Now I printed, I printed it out so that I could have it to read this morning because I do want to read this press release from his office, which basically explains um, his decision. So it says for immediate release and it goes on to then say, um, sorry, give me one second here. So this was Wednesday at 4.14 p.m. His office sent it out Wednesday, February the 10th from Tammy Chisholm, and it went to all government employees. So I could actually see the chain. The person who forwarded it to me is a person included in this, but it went to all government employees, um, Andrea Harris, April Cummins, Ben Mead, 
um, Bloomberg, Miami. I think that's supposed to say Bloomberg, but somebody's got that misspelled. So it says Miami News at Bloomberg.net. Uh, Brooke Moore at HSA. I think she's their communications officer. Donna Bush, Eric uh, Bush, Camille at connectTT.com. I have no idea who Camille is. Uh, Michael Campbell at RCIPS, Carib Journal. So that's um, a newspaper, Caribbean wide. Um, Catherine Renwick. So it went to, she's at the Compass. I went to a whole list of both local, international media houses. Will Panu from the Chamber. Um, it went to J.A. Hart at CETA, that's Cayman Islands Tourism Association. Wendy Ledger, Nikki, or Connor, um, D. Cotgrove, that's somebody at GIS. I don't know who that is. Uh, Rooster, April, Samuel Rose. So it went to everyone, basically. All civil servants, all government employees, politicians, Juliana, Moses, Roy McTaggart, um, Dwayne Seymour, David, Jana Pucci Bush. It went to a long list of people. They did not send it to CMR. Um, that's another topic, folks, which I will take up with the Ombudsman's office. But nonetheless, this two-page press release reads as follows. As Premier, I consulted with His Excellency the Governor Martin Roper earlier today and requested that pursuant to Section 84.2 of the Cayman Islands Constitution Order 2009, as amended, he issue a proclamation dissolving Parliament. Despite the fact that Parliament was due to be dissolved on the 29th of March and no further meeting is being planned by the government, the opposition and others continue to press for the removal of the speaker. Currently, and for the second time, the leader of the opposition is circulating a letter seeking signatures of at least seven members to call a special meeting of the House to debate a motion of no confidence in the speaker. He has not yet obtained the requisite number of signatures, but it is plain that as long as Mr. Bush remains speaker, the controversy over his recent convictions will not abate. The unity government, which I lead, is made up of seven members of the progressive people, progressive party, uh, three independents and two members of the CDP, which Mr. Bush leads. Mr. Bush has indicated repeatedly that he will not resign the post of speaker. And as I have said publicly on more than one occasion, I believe the forcible removal of Mr. Bush by the government would threaten the stability of the government. Were that to occur, it is almost certain that the governor would be forced to dissolve the parliament in any event. Uh, a rancorous section, section of parliament debating the no confidence motion may not end with the removal of the speaker of Speaker Bush as some opposition members may decline to vote in favor of the motion having signed a letter calling for a special meeting. I want to get to that bit in just a second because it's very interesting. But it will create rancor in our community and likely amongst members of my government. Without question, it will be a massive distraction from the critically important work we are engaged in, which ranges from dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic and efforts at reopening the economy while keeping Cayman safe to addressing the continued threat of EU blacklisting. After careful consideration, I have therefore determined that it is in the best interest of the country for parliament to be dissolved immediately, which will have the effect of vacating the seat of speaker. Mr. Bush will no longer be speaker of the house and the country and by way of earlier elections will determine who they wish to serve as representatives. This includes the voters of West Bay West deciding whether they wish Mr. Bush to be reelected to parliament. Now I have a few questions about this. The first question is, 
I was listening to, um, I don't often get to listen to OC, um, but I did go back and listen to his program from Friday. And one of the points that his guest, um, Dr. Steve McField made is that in fact, McKeever Bush is still Speaker of the House because if something I just, happens- I just, Sandra, I just wrote it down there. <laughs> yeah, if something I, happens I, and you need to call what, an emergency sitting, he would still be acting as speaker. And the point was also made that he still has access to all of the things, the offices of everything, the role of Speaker of the House. So he's still Speaker of the House. So this sounds to me like it's misleading the people. Why? why listen, Sandra, I have never taken anything away from Alden. Mm -hmm. I, I, I have never. And I never will. Can he because he's a crafty little fella, you know, okay? Mm -hmm. He's an experienced lawyer and he knows how to spin the narrative. Let me put it that far. Mm -hmm. No. But he also knows about me that I have my own political acumen and there are a number of aces always up my sleeve, uh -huh. more than four in, out of the 52, okay? Uh -huh. He knows that. So I spun mine, I use my aces, uh -huh. politically, and rightly so. How I put in that motion was, they set out business first for the legislature, you know, Sandra. Mm -hmm. So that means a meeting is being called when you send a business paper out. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I subsequently, Mr. Miller and I put in the motion. But I understood that the premier may have reacted to that in this manner. Mm -hmm. So I had another ace up this wheel. I pulled out the last one for that, which was to ask for a meeting and ask everyone to sign it. Hmm. So you thought that was not done deliberately? Mm -hmm. Of course. Now, let me turn to Mr. Alden, your premier, mine too, I guess. Mm -hmm. He will spin this narrative that the members of parliament who signed that would not vote for it. So he'll 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 say to, to the public that that's the case. What he does not say to the public is that the reason he turns it back on us is because he knows internally that he has members that are going to vote for it, okay? Mm. So the same way he knows mm. or alleges, alleges to know that there are members under opposition who may not vote, who is, may not vote for it. We know the same thing about his side, you know, that there are members who are likely to vote for it. So, you know, this is this is 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 cat and mouse, so mm -hmm. to speak, and he wants to appease to the public. 
I don't have any time to falsify these things or or or, or uh, delve in, in, in rumor and innuendo. I deal with facts. If the members of the opposition or any of the parliament does not want, did not want to sign that, that was their choice, you know. Mm -hmm. It wasn't mine. But I believe that this is of such public interest that it had to be addressed on the floor of the parliament of this country. You cannot, you cannot, Sandra, mm -hmm. have a situation where the very member of parliament that you vote for is being controlled, managed, and decisions made against or for that member by a convicted criminal. You can't have that. There is no place in the world. And Sandra wants you and this country to know mm. that there are very few countries in the Commonwealth that I have never been. And it is never done. Look at down in New Zealand the other day. The minister made one remark. And he was asked to resign. Mm -hmm. This thing about the government falling from the premier, it falls again. You see, it's all well and good when the shoe is on the other foot and he is trying to become premier. The selfishness in him, people must think about. Right. In 2012, there were 15 of us. Mm -hmm. He, and one day Mr. Miller and I will tell this country how he came to be moving that motion, as opposed to me and Mr. Miller. Because he was trying to pressure the then government members to do it. Mm. And I said, no. Mr. Miller said, no, I'm moving it and nodding it, seconding it. Then he jumped on the bandwagon. Now, he successfully did that. Look at the hand says, the 18th of December, 2012. I'll never forget that day. I'll never forget the day before the 18th of, of December, 2012. Mm -hmm. When CG called me about this matter. And I said to him two things. One, I need to see the governor, mm -hmm. Mr. Miller and I. Two, if you become premier. Sandra, I called Mr. Miller. I and asked him if he would when we could go see the governor. He said, whatever time. I call Governor Taylor, I personally picked up the phone and called him mm -hmm. and asked to see him. And he made a time of four o'clock, four thirty or something. He subsequently called me back and said that he was in meetings and he couldn't do it if I could come to his house. Mm 
later on the evening. Mm -hmm. Mr. Miller and I traveled to the governor's house mm -hmm. and met with him. And I had one question for him. The question was, what instructions have you been given from England on this matter? Right. And he said he did not have any instructions. Mm. I said, the reason I asked you that question, he said he didn't have an instruction other than to listen to what Parliament had to say. I, I said, the reason I asked you that question, sir, is because if England is going to come in here, I am going to put up with the devil I know. Because I don't know what you guys will do. Mr. Miller and I sat in his foyer and talked to him. By the time we got back to Parliament at, at Delhi at the time at nine o'clock at night, they were we were supposed to meet them back there. They were in the discussions. And that's when that all transpired. Now, he was satisfied and we signed an agreement with those five members of parliament at the time that we would not bring the government down mm -hmm. and they were the caretaker government until the election in May. Mm -hmm. Okay? We did that. And we went to the speaker that night and delivered that letter at her house. The last one to sign it was Tony. And this was the wee hours of the morning. Okay. That's what this takes, Sandra. Mm -hmm. Yep. So we this, did this that. Has, um, let me just say, Arden, for the benefit. I see Marshall and some others are just tuning in. So let me just say for the benefit <laughs> of our listeners, um, Arden is explaining what a lot of times we may not always be aware of, although here on Cayman Mall Road, we try to give people an inside understanding of what is happening behind the scenes. But as Arden pointed out, and we talked about this situation back in 2012, when the then, um, was he was he leader of government business or premier? I think he was, it would, he, it McKee, would be premier. McKee was premier. It was premier, right. Um, and he was arrested for allegations related to some credit card misuse situation. Uh, eventually, we have the reports from the Hansards showing that um, Alden argued in favor of removing Mr. Bush, which at that particular point, it was just an allegation. So for the benefit of you all who may have missed this previously, here it is now on your screen. Um, these are reports from the Hansards. And folks, you can go back and, and read what Alden McLaughlin said at the time, you know, that he should offer his resignation. Um, he was feeling that, that the House members shouldn't have to proceed with a vote. But because Mr. Bush is once again refusing to take accountability for his actions, which we're going to talk about a little bit more now this time around, how he still refuses to take accountability for his actions, uh, this is a very different song and dance at the time. The then leader of the opposition, um, Alden McLaughlin, was actually on record as saying, you know, he said, if the premier had resigned earlier, there would be no need for any drama. It's funny that now he does not take that same position because this likewise could have been uh, prevented even now in 2021, 
had Mr. Bush simply stepped down as Speaker of the House, there would be no need. So the words still ring true. There'd be no need for any drama, for any controversy, for any public spectacle such as this. The Premier's words ring true, um, except he's not saying them this time around. He went on to say at the time that they could have changed the leadership of the United Democratic Party and the premiership seamlessly and the business of the country could have gone on. And this would be something now that Mr. Arden, leader of the opposition, would be saying to Alden, here in your own words, you're saying how easy this is to happen. It happened before. So Arden just shared some of the behind the scenes um, wrangling that went on the last time uh, when they were seeking to remo remove him as premier. It was done. And the respective opposition at that time had no interest in trying to unseat the government. They all had a gentleman's agreement in writing to say this will not happen. And in fact, this time around, Mr. Ezard Miller himself has publicly said that he has already given the premier um, that um, um, promise, if you will, verbally, he's happy to put it in writing. Arden is saying here now that what they did in 2012, it would be no different. They would all be in agreement that the government would not fall. So it seems to me that a lot of people are of the opinion that this excuse, that the government would fall and that would then trigger an early election in any event would have been the outcome of this vote seems to be a lie. That's the assertion. But, but, but Sandra, if you look at my latest press release, mm -hmm. I stated in there that we don't have an appetite for such. We don't. Why would I want to bring my government down? Why would I want to bring my country down? Yes. Have I not demonstrated that I am as patriotic as anyone else and understand this process? But mm -hmm. Sandra, since they're all calling me the bad boy in this, let mm. me... Let me go much further. You talk about behind the scenes, Sandra. Mm -hmm. I mean, I got jump forward from 2012, but I need to go back to 2016. Okay. Mm -hmm. That people have forgotten. But let's jump forward to let's jump forward to February the 24th, 2020. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know when that was? three days after this incident occurred. Right. I wrote the premier. He was overseas. Mm -hmm. You know, I shouldn't have to do this, but I need to show mm -hmm. how disingenuous this premier is. And mm -hmm. he has always been. Hmm. Premier. I guess you have not seen the release from the speaker relating to the incident involving him on Friday night. Mm -hmm. As you know, the country is calling for blood from us all. Regardless of the statement, that is the one he sent out, we as members of the LA will not have the benefit of remaining silent. Do you wish to discuss how we deal with the matter from the LA perspective on our business with the police, okay? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. At your convenience, since you're overseas, if you are in the process of responding, please let me know. Uh -huh. The Premier responded. I will be issuing a statement as soon as I have discussed the statement with my caucus. Uh -huh. 
That's all I am able to say at this point. I said, okay, thanks. On the 27th, I didn't receive anything back from him. Right. On the 27th of, let me get back to it, because you see, I save these things. Oh, yeah. Precisely for this purpose, okay? Uh -huh. Because people need to be objective about these things. And you know, I've served my country, country and I'm not afraid to serve it more, but I can serve it with integrity, okay? Mm -hmm. Let me just get back to it, Sandra, please. Okay. I said, okay, thanks. February 27, 2020. Premier, I have read the announcement that the speaker will, will be quote unquote, taking a leave of absence, unquote, from the chair to seek treatment. Whilst I support, I support this decision, his decision to do so, there are a number of questions that require clarification that I hope you will provide. One, was the use of leave of absence deliberate, or does it mean a new speaker will be appointed in accordance with con the Constitution? Two, if a new speaker is not appointed, will the deputy speaker be the presiding officer for the period? Mm -hmm. Three, how long is it anticipated for the speaker to be receiving treatment to full recovery and return to preside Arden? Mm -hmm. Mr. Leader, Mr. Bush has not stepped down as speaker. He's taken a temporary leave of absence from his speakership duties, the length of which is not determined at this point. He is still the substantive speaker. If a meeting of the House is held, while he is still on leave, the provisions of Section 72 of the Constitution apply. That's where the deputy speaker sit or we can appoint someone, right? Mm -hmm. Remember, the deputy speaker then resigned. And then we had to ask Mr. Tuna to sit. Okay? Right. I said, thank you for your prompt response. I will revert if necessary. I didn't revert. I asked my guys to sign a letter for a government, for a meeting. Mm -hmm. And remember, Kenneth wouldn't sign it. Mm -hmm. And this then, time around, um, this this letter again last week, um, we were saying last week when we were discussing this matter, I think on Thursday or Friday, that Kenneth wouldn't sign this time either. And someone said that I needed to get my facts straight and how I knew that Kenneth wouldn't sign. Well, Ironically enough, I think it was on Thursday, I ran into both Kenneth, Kenneth and Alva Saku and Newlands having a coffee at the coffee shop. And I said to them, I said, um, I said, Alva, we understood that despite this rumor that is well placed that you were actually back in bed with um, the premier and the progressives and this unity government, that you would still be signing it. And I, I suspect that when Alden said in his letter that there might be members of the opposition who, although they've signed the letter, would not actually, in fact, vote in favor of it in the Legislative Assembly, I do believe he's probably referring to um, Alva, if I had to take an educated guess. But I'll, I'll leave that right there. Well, I don't, I don't want to assume anything about <laughs> who would go to sign from who didn't. I, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't do that. 
Yeah, but we know for sure that Alva signed it, and we know for sure that the last member uh, that you would have been seeking perhaps to sign it would have been um, Kenneth Bryan. What did Kenneth say, if anything, to you as to why he would not sign it? Um, I, I don't think that uh, what Kenneth said to me was um, he wanted me to 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 agree to the addition of a motion from him to to install or in, or create a code of conduct for members for the legislative assembly and i said to him that i would um, we we already have a code of conduct if you look at um um section uh, standing order 88 it makes provision if if there if no provisions for a particular matter is is not in is not provided for in our standing orders we turn to the house of common uh, and and northern ireland parliaments mm -hmm. to 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 deal with it so we already have one and some time ago there was one circulated amongst us but it was never um enacted um this is quite a while ago um we never did go back at it um um and that's what he wanted um but he he did say he was going to sign it but um there's no leverage here and i told him that it's either you sign it or you don't sign it my suggestion to him was if it ever gets to the floor what we should do is is debate the need for a code of conduct and 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 implore the next parliament whomever that is to make that a priority you know um i am but it's a moot point now whether right. because 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 the premier and the governor has now has now um dissolved the parliament as of yesterday um let me go back to 2016 that many people do not remember the one thing i have is a fairly good memory sandra mm -hmm. and you remember when that boat went down with those five family members mm -hmm. okay god bless their soul mm -hmm. the then leader of the opposition which who is now the speaker mm -hmm. requested a special meeting a meeting of the legislature to deal with an investigation into that matter mm -hmm. in addition mr miller and i agreed with it and we also appended attached to that as part of that special meeting because we have to say what we're going to discuss at the meeting and it must be attached to the letter mr miller and i put in a vote of uh, a no confidence vote in the government you know? mm -hmm. this was april 2016. right <laughs> and only one member from the other side turned up which was mm -hmm. tara and the premier came down there and tried to rush her out. She didn't go. And she stood on the floor and asked a number of questions. And we all took her on. Mm -hmm. The speaker had to adjourn the meeting because it was not Korean. But seven people had requested it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So 
that is how people tend to forget these things. Alden knows if he don't have a quorum, which is 10, a house cannot convene. Right. Okay. Once it is convened, the speaker then, if it is brought to the speaker's attention, the speaker needs to ask for a quorum. Hmm. And the only person that was there was Tara other than us. Therefore, the, it was not a quorum and the speaker had to adjourn it. Mm -hmm. Okay? Okay? So, that to, in itself, that's how abusive, abusive Alden has been in his year, eight years as ten, eight year tenure of your country. That's how abusive he has been. Mm -hmm. Sandra, it is typical in any country. When you bring a vote of no confidence, and remember I've spoken of uh, no confidence votes in government all over the, all over the Commonwealth. Right. They, have, they have asked me to speak at these mm -hmm. things because I have been through many of them. And I should tell you that I have been the second and Alden has been the mover of all those that I have been involved in, the majority of them, okay? Mm -hmm. So he and I have worked close, and we understand the value of a, of, of a word of no confidence in the government of all those years that we were on the other side. Mm -hmm. And Sandra, when you move a word of no confidence in the government, it is understood, it must be understood, that by all of us, that 99.9 times you're not going to win, but you get the opportunity to bring to the attention of the people all of the ills of that government and what they did and what they didn't do. They'll get up and say what they did. We'll say what they didn't do from the opposition. Mm -hmm. okay? A vote of no confidence is the opportunity to do all of those things. But every government circle their wagons. We have seen it. We see it in Singapore. We see it in Russia. We see it wherever. The government circle their wagons. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they are not going to break ranks. So right. the, that is why no confidence never, never works. Very seldom does it work. We recently saw one in... Um, in Saint Kitts, I or Saint Lucia, one of them, um, and 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 these, the government is not going to break ranks, but in this case, in this case, what happened is they didn't want the embarrassment. He likes to use this word, right? He uses this word in that press release, rancor. Rank? Does he understand how much of that is going on in this community because of what is has transpired? Mm -hmm. Does he understand that? It, does he, he does he not have any respect for the very people that he purports to represent mm -hmm. and asks now for their vote? Hmm. Does he not have any respect for that? This didn't have to go here. This did not have to go here. We could have quietly. It is usually done very quietly within parliament amongst members, Sandra. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. People step aside, mm -hmm. issue press releases, and none is the wiser 
you can assume anything you want, Sandro, but it'll be over, mm. you know? And 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 known as the wiser, then you'll criticize me, you'll criticize this one or that one, not you in particular, I'm talking about the, the country, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. um, and But that is all right. Mm -hmm. There is nothing wrong with that. But you don't create a situation where the country is divided. The division that has now been created in this country would have been over a long time ago. Yes. Would have been and over a long time so ago. So many of us are puzzled, right? Because he says in his letter um, that the Speaker of the House, uh, Mr. Bush, has indicated repeatedly that he will not resign the post of Speaker. And as such, I have said publicly on more than one occasion, I believe that forcibly removing him would threaten the stability of the government. I mean, I'm I'm at a loss for if you're the leader of um, a organization, whether it's a political organization, a unity government or whatever, and you have someone in your ranks who has done such an egregious act as what Mr. Bush has done. And that person, you, you give them the courtesy of resigning because that's normally what it is, right? It's it's is a courtesy. You say, right, you resign to save face or we fire you. And so when I read this and I see what the premier's actions have been since February of last year, it occurs to me that um, who is the leader of the unity government? Is it really Alden McLaughlin or is it McKeever Bush? Because as someone who only contributed three members to make up the unity government, it appears that Mr. Bush has a lot of power over this unity government and by extension um, over Alden McLaughlin and the country as a whole. What, why do you think that is? I mean, so many of us find this peculiar because just from a political perspective, we sit back and we notice that the, uh, the fall of the CDP, um, previously the UDP government, they have no power outside of West Bay. And so what makes Alden think that McKeever is so incredibly powerful that he would risk everything and call an early election? How does this make any sense? Help well, us understand it. I mean, it's... Well, I don't know. I, I, um, I, 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 I can't go into Alden mine at this time because I'm, I'm not a, really a part of him, so I'm not part of the discussions surrounding yeah. things, you know. Um, I, 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 I was a little surprised with Alden, the person that I know. Uh, I must tell you that, Sandra. I must tell this country that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I found it out of character. Mm. I found it out of character for Alden. Because if there's anything I know about him, his principle. Mm -hmm. Now, for him... To go this way, I would have to talk to Alden to find out why he did this, um, on, on on what basis. Because uh, you know, you, I can't say that. I don't know if he was afraid to turn McKeever into a martyr. Mm. Listen, I am going to walk away from this with my head high, and I'm, I mean, every 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 time. Every time I got reelected, I have told those who come in me, since me, do not allow any one individual or entity to define your political career. Mm -hmm. 
that's not how this is defined. It's defined on principle, eh? mm -hmm. and, and 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 you work hard. Principle, you cannot. I mean, to the point where our anti-corruption law even, even makes provision that if we know a crime is or we suspect mm -hmm. a crime is being committed, we have to report it, or the or we make. We create an offense right there, and we can go to jail for that. Right. This is this is on principle, you know. I mean, I did what I did on principle, and I want you to know, Sandra, and this country, that I don't know this young lady. I'll probably knock her down on the road and wouldn't even know what to do she is. I don't know her. Mm -hmm. I've never seen on my life. Well, I don't know if I have, but I didn't know that I did. Okay. Mm -hmm. And all those who would vilify me, crucify me, I ask them, have you seen the, the magistrate's ruling? That's number one. Number two, which of you would allow your daughter, your granddaughter, your sister, your mother, to be beaten in that manner, unprovoked. Mm -hmm. And when you have answered that question, then you will understand where I'm at. Mm -hmm. Okay? This is not a matter of someone being accused of doing this. This is a matter of someone admitting they did it. Admitting guilt mm -hmm. to a certain set of facts, which is a public document. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Read those, read those, and then put it to your own conscience as to whether or not your son, if that happens to your son, what punishment? your son should have. Mm -hmm. Is it that we have been elected to lead morally and otherwise? Are you holding me to higher standards than you hold anyone else because I make the law? I'm a, a, a lawmaker. Or are you accepting that I can do anything I want and you can't do that. Do as I say and not as I do. If you have come to that conclusion, Sandra, you are pushing your country down the wrong road. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, there are only 19 members in the legislature, much more citizens, and others outside, only you will suffer mm. individually and collectively as a country. Mm -hmm. Do not allow anyone, because of your personal emotions or likes for an individual, to ruin your country. Do not. 
no one is indispensable. And if an action on anyone's part is so egregious, they must pay the price. Mm. Do not allow any one man or woman, if you wish to be neutral gender, gender neutral, gender neutral, to hold your country ransom. Mm -hmm. Do not allow it. That includes Arden McLean. Mm -hmm. Do not do it. Yeah. Accidents are going to happen. That is a part of life. And sometimes they are unavoidable. But there is such a thing as an apology for those, you know. Mm. And you will know that people are remorseful of having made a mistake. And you, cannot, yes. you cannot allow. I am convinced that my erstwhile friend knows that too. Mm -hmm. Why? Mm -hmm. Why? We're going to have to ask him that. Right. Or the people of this country is going to send a message. But what I do know, Sandro, if the unity government gets back as the majority, you're also sending a message. Mm -hmm. That means you have no respect for your daughters, nor your mothers, nor your granddaughters, nor your sisters in this country. Mm -hmm. They are all United Democratic the unit unity government they're all complicit in it because despite alden having the authority under 842 of the constitution mm -hmm. they can stand up and say no you have to hold every member of that unity government responsible for where this country is at right now absolutely you think that anyone could allow me to acquiesce to that? No way. But then I'm different too. Mm -hmm. I'm a little more assertive in, 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 in my principles. I am not prepared to postpone my principles, not even for my children. Okay? Well, let's have a look here at um, what Mr. Bush has said because his... <laughs> His story and his logic, and I and I uh, know that on this program we have reviewed on more than one occasion the uh, magistrate's judgment. I actually attended court and I saw the video for myself, and I can tell you that it offends me when other people comment um, and attempt to provide an excuse for Mr. Bush's actions, or indeed believe and continue to perpetrate his misinformation and what transpired that night. Because those individuals did not even have the decency to show up to court themselves um, to see the video. And yet they're making all these assertions. So first, uh, days after the incident, Mr. Bush apologized. He claims that he had no recollection of the events that night, but had been told and understood that he had 
attacked this woman and he was apologetic. He gave um, some excuses or explanations for his behavior, including the loss of his mother. And I don't know how long ago that was. It seems like it was quite some time ago. And the loss of his daughter, which passed away, I think some almost 10 years ago, as excuses for why he had been drinking so heavily and lost control. Then as he prepared for um, the trial to move forward after charges were laid, he then says, um, and remember, if we go back to the magistrate statement, folks, which I invite you to do, because as they say, the devil is in the details, and there's a lot of detailed information in there, including how his story um, from what he first said to the police when they began their investigation changed as well during a period of days. So initially, he had accepted um, what the victim had said. He was warned. But as the situation went on and the victim was then deciding to press forward with charges, his story then changed to she had attacked him. And he continued to try to perpetrate that narrative that her and her lesbian lover had attacked him. So he's put that out there as a one of the reasons why he got a suspended sentence is he agreed to the prosecution's position. And the prosecution's position was that this was a violent, unprovoked attack, not once, but three times in the space of 20 minutes. And at the 11th hour, we should say 11.59, his attorney, on the insistence of both the judge and the DPP, who would have proceeded with what's called a newtent hearing. So in other words, because his, his lawyer kept saying, well, <coughs> sorry, look at the video, your honor. Um, isn't there some indication that he may have been attacked when there really wasn't? The prosecution said, listen, if he continues down this road and down this narrative, we will call the witness and we will call all of the other witnesses, including the five individuals that ultimately had to pull him off of her. And that is when his lawyer finally said, okay, okay, yes, we agree to what the prosecution's case is. And that's going to be the basis for the plea because he pled guilty, right? And he was trying to plead guilty with an explanation for his behavior that in the end he had to do dispense with the explanation. But in the court of public opinion, this explanation is still very much out there. And I was very confused when the narrative switched again last week, when um, the Speaker of the House then told the Compass on record that um, he attacked this woman over some dispute over gratuities, as though he was looking out for the best interests of Caymanians. Now, here's the irony of it, folks, and this is going to be a CMR exclusive that you will see nowhere else. Whilst Mr. Bush had told the Compass that, I think that was on Thursday or Friday morning, that story came out. He was almost simultaneously, let me show you this, um, saying in a private chat conversation to someone, at 7.25 in the morning, uh, well, his message is 7.41, he then um, who was accusing this particular woman of um, commenting on Cayman Ma Road. He goes on to say, I didn't beat up no woman. I'm no woman beater. I've been married for 45 years and I've never had that kind of trouble. Hmm. That woman and her girlfriend beat me up. Hmm. The same day that in the compass, he's saying that it was an argument over gratuities, he's reverting back to this narrative that he was assaulted by this woman and her girlfriend. And there's no such footage, listen to me. The facility had cameras all over the place. And at no time did this woman 
assault Mr. Bush. And in fact, what the camera footage showed, and I wish we could get this camera footage in the public domain, because what it actually showed is that Mr. Bush assaulted her on three occasions. And that's why there were three separate charges for common assault. So he had opportunities to walk away on, on two occasions before the third and most egregious assault occurred. And he still did not do so. So here we have an example of someone who refuses to take any accountability for his behavior, whose story changes by the minute, it seems like. Um, whether he's talking to the compass, that's one version. When he's talking to other people, you know, it's another version again. Um, it's just ridiculous. Now on Friday, he went into attack mode and Arden um, Cameron had asked this question earlier in today's show. And she's wishing for you to address this point. So on Friday on the record, he actually went into attack mode. And he said that he had intended to bring a motion to the house. I'm actually going to pull it up here. So I don't, I don't get any of his words minced in any way, but he was intending to bring a motion of his own. So his response to Arden's motion is that he was going to bring his own motion. I want you to listen to, um, he talked for quite some time, by the way, but this is the snippet now of him making accusations against other members of the LA about their behavior. So uh, this went viral on Friday, and this now are the words of Mr. Bush. And he said he was going to call this motion, asking other members to address allegations against them, which we should say, for the record, these are allegations that have not landed them in court, and they've never been arrested, charged, or convicted of. But nonetheless, this is what Mr. Bush had to say. I'm oh, leading the motion. This guy, Eugene, being my seconder, gave notice. That if the house, whenever the house is called to the clock, or whenever the house is called, I will move my motion. Mm -hmm. After that, Arden's motion of confidence was submitted. Okay. But I had a, I had given my notice to the to the clock. Mm -hmm. Okay. My intention was this: that if he got to that point, and uh, let me tell you what the motion said, okay? Okay. I can, I can give you a copy of that sometime, O.C. Certainly. Look forward to that. Whereas the leader of the opposition has written to the premier and also publicly called the government to have the elected member for West Bay West removed as the Speaker of the Parliament due to the Speaker having an incident in February 2020, which resulted in the Speaker being charged with common assault and disorderly conduct in a public place. And whereas the speaker has been convicted by the summary court of the same charges, and whereas this honorable house would also like to hear how the leader of the opposition would take the high moral, because that's what they were dealing with, not legalities at the point, they were dealing with morals and ethical ethics, they claim, principles, would take how the leader of the opposition would take the high moral and ethical ground in dealing with any member who beats up his wife, ties her up, leaving her locked up naked in the house for two days, or, how, or any amount of days, or how a member is dealt with who beats up his girlfriend, who is his son's mother, so often that the school teachers at school have to take the son to counseling. And whereas the house would like to hear from the member from Northside how he would take the high moral ground and ethical ground to deal with a member who beats up his wife and blacks her right to the point that she leaves the family house to rescue and shelter in a friend's house. 
These resolve that this honorable parliament expresses its opinion whether the member for West Bay West must resign his position as the speaker of this honorable parliament. And be it therefore resolved that steps be taken to amend all rules in standing orders and the constitution if found necessary pertaining to the resignation of a member from any position he or she holds by virtue of being a member of this honorable parliament, including the speaker, to make absolutely clear on what grounds and for what reasons must resignation be carried out. Moved by William McKeever Bush, elected member for Westby, seconded by Captain Eugene e. Banks, elected member for Westby Central. Mm -hmm. Now, if I had had a chance to debate that, then we would have been seen where members would have voted, whether government members, all of them, or whether opposition members, all of them. Mm -hmm. So, but if... After that, no, that didn't happen, right? Okay, very quickly, because I'm past my commercial break, and uh, we have a few yeah, callers queued up. You give me some time this morning. Well, I, I have. I, you've been talking since uh, for about 12 minutes yeah, now. But you, you wanted to hear, right? Huh? And, and I think you want to hear, O.C., and, and, and the, the, the truth is that you have, you, you have been, and I've been calling and calling, and I want to say a few things besides that. So give me a few minutes, please. So he did go on a bit more um, about a number of other things, but this this concept then of his that well, other members of the legislative assembly, other MPs have had accusations laid against them. Like I said, to the best of my knowledge, um, those incidents, those accusations were not as sitting MPs and they were certainly not, they did not lead to an arrest, a conviction and a suspended jail sentence. But there are people who are asking you to respond to what he claims would have been his motion had the House reconvened. Uh, I, I have two comments on, mm -hmm. on, on, on all that was said by him on Friday and now repeated by yourself through mm -hmm. recording. And in an answer to the people who are asking me to comment on it, two things. Number one, mm -hmm. evidently he has now conceded that he's no longer a speaker and Alan is trying to defend him to keep him there. Because the speaker cannot move a motion, okay? Uh. <laughs> so he must be conceding that he's back on, 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 on the floor and moving his own motion. Okay. That's the only way that can happen. Yes. Well, that's okay. what Linda was asking here. She was saying, can the position of speaker who's supposed to be neutral bring a motion? So that answers that question. You can't, you can't do that. So he must, he must, he is so desperate grabbing at straws that he'll say anything. Not only that, you know, let's let's for a minute read the the provisions for, for motions. And he should notice. It just tells you how he feels about this issue and trying to get out a narrative to the people in the country. Mm -hmm. Subject to this constitution to the Constitution and these standing orders, any member may propose by way of motion any matter for debate in the House. Mm -hmm. And except on the recommendation of the governor about money's debt, or to, you can't, right? Unless it's a minister. The significance of recommendation of the governor shall be recorded in minutes of the signification that he approved for 
us to move motions to to change the debt or change finance. Emotions shall not contain personal opinions or controversial allegations on unnecessary to the main issue upon which the house is being moved to declare its will. Now, let me say that I don't delve in 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 in, in accusations, uh, uh, innuendo, mm -hmm. controversy. I delve in facts. The facts are that William McKeewa Bush pled guilty to a criminal offense. Mm -hmm. And he is the sitting speaker. And in the beginning of this, you said that Steve, I think, said that he is still the speaker. He is the speaker until the House remove, puts someone else in that position. Okay? Mm -hmm. Cannot. There are certain things he cannot we cannot, he cannot do. He cannot come down on the floor and move his own motion. It has mm. never happened, not even in a, 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 a communist country that the speaker come down and move their motion. Mm -hmm. Where did this come from? He wants someone to move it, then it will get debated. If he wants it, debated it is one of the members and you cannot give he's just talking pure rubbish you mm -hmm. cannot give the speaker notification that you got put it in it has to be stamped on the day it is submitted for the purposes of timing you will look at mine and you will notice that it's stamped mm -hmm. here is what I will bring to the attention of the country. If you look at the motion that was I first submitted, Mr. Miller and I, sometime uh, December, January, January, when they were sent no business, it is stamped on that day. Then the most recent one calling for a meeting with the requirement of the signatures that one is not the day too, mm -hmm. because it supersedes the other one. That's how it works. So he's just trying to fool the country. He can fool some of the people some of the time, but he won't fool all the people all the time, because I know the parliamentary procedures in there. I know that parliament, and I know how it has to work. And mm -hmm. the, Mr. Bush needs to stop this now. Manip trying to manipulate the minds of people. And I don't know who he's talking about, but if he knows that a crime has been committed, he needs to call the names. That's what he needs to do. And stop hiding behind this thing about members. Call the names or report them to the police and the anti-corruption committee or you yourself is committing a crime. Hmm. Okay. That's what we, we have some comments that were posted on social media. So Jalissa says, so pretty much he's saying that he had dirt on others so no one could say anything because 
he would not have been going down alone. That's blackmail. And it seems to why, and it answers to why they aren't saying anything. Alden probably beating up someone too, maybe not his wife, but a girlfriend could be picking it up. Just saying that's all this really is a load of cover up. Amanda goes on to say that they all have dirt on them from east to west. They must have gotten that one MLA that had um, the East End Pirates Den Bar bartender. I don't know anything about that. In <laughs> nice house and every weekend doing her hair. Don't forget me and her used to go to the same beauty salon and he would, and she goes on to say, I'll read what the rest of it says. He would drop her off and pick her up and out shopping in Kirk Freeport. And the one that beat his wife up when he found out that he had a um, Cuban woman on her, little did she know the Cuban would have been his, okay, this gets a little bit confusing, and his wife's daughter. And the one that beat up his wife and locked up for two days, the child was traumatized. They all got skeletons in their dirty closet. Election coming up, so they're pointing fingers. They need to look at the other three fingers pointing back at them. So a bag of mix up to, to say the least. Um, but your position is if, if Mr. Bush knows of an offense that is being committed by any member of um, parliament um, or anybody else for that matter, the appropriate uh, recourse is to pass that on to the police, just like someone passed on the allegations against him and allow it to take its course. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and if, if I, I, I trust everybody understands that, um, Slander and defamation can also come from in front, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. And I, I shall leave it right there. Uh, Eden says this is the power he holds. 45 years of secrets vote on behalf of future generations. And Selena says, yes, Alden, the behind-the-scenes pressure and skeletons need to end. All right, folks. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, Arden, any final words? Again, thank you. This is your first time on the Cold Hard Truth. And I think we came as cold and hard as we possibly could have. So we appreciate um, your coming on the program and sharing some of the insights in terms of what happened. So at this particular time, the country moves forward. We did get a WhatsApp question about whether or not you believe that um, there's a perceived conflict of interest when the chief officer in the premier's ministry is also the supervisor of elections. So perhaps <laughs> if you could answer that final one before uh, we end the program today. I wish I had the, um, maybe Sandra on the 4th of December it was that we changed over to parliament. I, believe. I did a, um, I did a, a, a my my contribution to that on the floor of the legislative assembly parliament where they we were changing over. Um, addressed that that matter. Of yeah. course, there were people in there who 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 were jumping up in their seats and and whatnot. But that's fine. I I I, I appreciate and understand that. Um, I have forever, in answer to that person, I have forever called for uh, um, uh, an election commission uh, to remove it from under the governor. Um, we have 
plume fear and um, uh, fear elections in this country for a very long time. But it's time to advance it now. We put it on the uh, a constitutional appointed um, commission, and and which we are one of the few countries that elections are still conducted on the head of state um, in the world. And and it's time now if we're going to 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 fight for an for a for the autonomy for a country, mm. we need to, we need to move the free and fair elections away from the head of state. It is it is, and I, God forbid that I would ever accuse Howell. He has never I've never seen him, mm. or, or or even anywhere near being unfair or whatnot. Um, so I couldn't I would never do that, but. It represents a conflict when Mr. Howell is supervisor of elections and he works for the premier. Mm -hmm. it, it, it just does not all go well in a democratic society. Um, and um, it's time now to move it away from that. And I, I would tell you that Mr. Howell will agree with that. He has agreed with that. Um, you put a commission there, and then you can always second civil servants to assist with it, but they're under the direction of that commission, which is appointed from within the communities, okay? And, and, and that is my answer to that. I've never, I've always believed that we should have an, an electoral commission who, that makes the recommendations, because those are the people out there. You know, you see the problem is when you have a when you have a commission, uh, a supervisor being a, 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 a civil servant, mm. and their recommendations. And I believe that Mr. Howell has made good recommendations. Mm -hmm. It does not necessarily mean that the political will is there to put it in place, because it it will give them a disadvantage of the government that is in power. Okay, so. So what needs to happen is a commission needs to make those recommendations mm -hmm. and then it puts the governing body in an embarrassing situation if they don't. So mm -hmm. that's that's my position on that. Um, if we're going to, to advance this democracy, we need to advance it in a manner that is fair, it's transparent, that it is in the best interest of the country and its people. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean a generational Caymanians only. Anyone that is a part of this country is a part of this country. Mm -hmm. But you, you were born here, you come here, and and you 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 get your your status. You are Caymanian, and that's that's who we need to make provisions for. That's the only thing we can because you cannot take it from them. The same way no one will take it from me that I born down by Miss Beulah House on Mary Street and mm -hmm. grew up in East End and kicked and, and bucked out my toenails there. No one will take that from me. Mm -hmm. And likewise, it will not be taken from anyone else that called this place home and their Caymanians. Right. So um well, thank, thank you, you for thank you for inviting me. Yes. I hope I have enlightened some people on it, and I'm available whenever people want to ask me any question. I'm not afraid of it. I have done this for a very long time, and I can tell you that I have 
immerse myself in it. And there, there's much that I have learned over all of these years that I know how to impart. And that's why I'm looking for young, energetic professionals. And much of them are coming out now. And they will take this country and lead it into the future. And I believe they will do it. They will do it with integrity, honesty, and justice for all. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Eden says Thank planning, you. health, environment, education, and elections all need to have independent commissions. The conflicts of interest are disabling our growth. Um, Denny says MPs do not have any more autonomy. They only have more responsibility. So some comments there, perhaps for another day. Mr. Arden, um, V. Arden McLean, folks, he is the MP for East End. Um, if there are anyone out there who wants to get in contact with you, do you have some contact details and how people can reach you? I I got I did two things two weeks after um, Flo got them here. Mm -hmm. I got an order. Arden at candywacket.ky mm -hmm. and 916-0630. I have never changed my phone number. Mm -hmm. So, all right, folks. So, you um, <laughs> thank you so much for that. Um, thank you all very him. much. Yes, thank you, and uh, do reach out to him, folks, if you'd like to uh, speak with him on this issue of the early uh, dissolution of Parliament or anything else for that matter. Um, he is an MP here in the Cayman Islands, so representing all of us, but specifically the District of East End. Folks, you've been tuned in to another edition of The Cold Hard Truth. It was a great show this morning. Thank you, guys. We're back on YouTube, by the way. Um, we've been lifted out of YouTube jail, so there you have it. Uh, we're back on YouTube again, so do give us a, a link there if you prefer YouTube. Um, a lot of people just are still, majority of people are on Facebook, to be honest. You can also catch it, uh, catch the show every morning on the website, via the link that goes live as soon as we go live. So folks, thank you so much. Our, our sort of political um, mojo anthem song for this year is a song actually written by Alric Lindsay and performed by some local artists. Um, it has a good vibe and it basically, it says, hey, listen, the people are full of politics. We gotta do better. And I think every one of us has a responsibility to contribute to the conversations and the decisions that are being made. So let's end the program Yo, with yo this song. This politician going more. Uh huh. Vote for him. What you say? And give me fifty dollars. Fifty dollars. Every time the election thing come around, you know. Every time, boy. Play. What are going to do? We know to deal with politics, 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 and then bugger tricks, bugger tricks. Can't fool me and take with a clown. Take with a clown. No, 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 no. We know to deal with politics, 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 and them bag of tricks. Politics. Vote for Alric Clinton, cause him no, 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 no. Alric. The foundation we grow up on. Every four years a campaign slogan. How are this? Love go on like them no, no, man. Until time fi come, look out from. Oh. Please not try fi come sweet me. All your smile for your life easy. Mm -hmm. Them too deep and greedy. No one help but want fi come greet me. Straight from Windsor Park to South Zone I already the people them more around hey. I get to you to fight down Shape up the system right now Right now, People are tired for crying now But we just want the chance to provide now For survive No more tired of the tie down We want freedom to live life now We know to deal with politics 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 and them bag of tricks Bag of tricks Can't fool me and take with a clown Take with a clown no, 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 no.
politics. Politics and them bag of tricks. En la vida de político siempre es lo mismo Hace mucho tiempo no votaron por el chico Solo porque fue de viaje a diferentes lugares Ahora viene con todo y más fuerte Ahora no necesita de la suerte Tiene más apoyo de su gente Un hombre honesto hasta la muerte Yeah. Y este señor simplemente quería ser un candidato mejor Por eso estaba en eso de aprender el español Honduras, Venezuela y Panamá También se fue a República Dominicana Luego ellos lo llevaron al col de pensando que lo iban a ganar Pero no pudieron y salieron sin nada Without to deal with politics 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 and them bag of tricks Bag of tricks Can't fool me and take with the clown Take with the clown No, 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 no We know to deal with politics 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 and them bag of tricks Politics Alric clean dick Cause him no, 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 no Alric Part two all them get fill again Roundabout get bill again It's an election pill again Talk the goodwill again Holy papa trick again Things that get thick again Suffering still a gone Baby a ball while mommy a yawn Daddy a work from dust to dawn Oh this still a gone But for the youth where I make the mark Alric have the house back to deal with politics Politics and them bag of tricks, bag of tricks. Can't fool me and take with the clown. Take with the clown. No, 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 no. We not to deal with politics, politics, politics and them bag of tricks. Politics. Alric Clinton, 'cause him no, 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 no. We not to deal with politics, politics, politics and them bag of tricks, bag of tricks. Can't fool me and take with the clown. Take with the clown. No, 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 no. We know to deal with politics, politics, politics and them bag of tricks, politics. Alric Clinton, 'cause him no, 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 no. Alric. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of The Cold Hard Truth. Make sure to check Facebook for showtimes and more information and the latest news at caymanmarlroad.com. Subscribe to our IG and Facebook pages to get the latest happenings.